0: The despair of millionaires. Marshall Salins said, Poverty is the invention of civilization. A recent New York Times article under the headline, In Silicon Valley, Millionaires Who Don't Feel Rich, begins By almost any definition, except his own and perhaps those of his neighbors here in Silicon Valley, how Steger has it, has it made. Unquote. The article notes that although Mr. Steger and his wife has a net worth of roughly 3.5 million, he still typically works 12-hour days plus another 10 hours on weekends. Quote, a few million, explains Steger, doesn't go as far as it used to. Gary Kremen, estimated net worth $10 million, founder of Match.com, an online dating service, explains, quote, everyone around here looks at the people above them. He continues to work 60 to 80 hours per week because he says, you're nobody here at 10 million, unquote. Another executive gets right to the point saying, quote, here, the top 1% chases the top one-tenth of a percent, and the top one-tenth of one percent chases the top one-one-hundredth of one percent, This sort of thinking isn't limited to Silicon Valley. A BBC report from September 2003 reported, quote, Well-off is the new poor, unquote. Dr. Clive Hamilton, a visiting scholar at Cambridge University, set out to study the suffering rich and found that four of every ten people earning over fifty thousand pounds, roughly eighty thousand dollars at a time, felt deprived. Hamilton concluded, quote, The real concerns of yesterday's poor have become the imagined concerns of today's rich. Unquote. Another recent survey in the United States found that 45% of those with a net worth excluding their home, over $1 million, were worried about running out of money before they died. Over one-third of those with more than $5 million had the same concern. Quote-unquote affluenza, aka luxury fever, is not an eternal affliction of the human animal, as some would have us believe. It is an effect of wealth disparities that that arose with agriculture. Still, even in modern societies, we sometimes find echoes of the ancient egalitarianism of our ancestors. In the early 1960s, a physician named Stuart Wolfe heard about a town of Italian immigrants and their descendants in northeast Pennsylvania, where heart disease was practically unknown. Wolfe decided to take a closer look at the town, Roseto. He found that almost no one under age 55 showed symptoms of heart disease. Men over 65 suffered about half the number of heart problems expected of average Americans. The overall death rate in Roseto was about one-third below national averages. After conducting research that carefully excluded factors such as exercise, diet, and regional variables like pollution levels, Wolf and sociologist John Brun concluded that the major factor keeping folks in Rosetto healthier longer was the nature of the community itself. They noted that most households held three generations of that older folks commanded great respect and that the community disdained any display of wealth, showing a, quote, fear of ostentation derived from an ancient belief among Italian villagers relating to Malachio, the evil eye. Children, Wolf wrote, were taught that any display of wealth or superiority over a neighbor would bring bad luck, unquote. Noting that Rosetto's egalitarian social bonds were already breaking down in the mid-1960s, Wolf and Brunn predicted that within a generation, the town's mortality rates would start to shift upward. In follow-up studies they conducted, 25 years later, they reported, quote, The most striking social change was a widespread rejection of a long-standing taboo against ostentation. And that sharing once typical of Rosetto has given way to competition unquote. rates of both heart disease and stroke had doubled in a generation among foragers where property is shared, poverty tends to be a non-issue in his classic book, Stone Age Economics, Anthropologist Marshall Salins explains that. Quote, The world's most primitive people have few possessions, but they're not poor. Poverty is not a certain small amount of goods, nor is it just a relation between means and ends. Above all, it is a relation between people. Poverty is a social status. As such, it is the invention of civilization. Socrates made the same same point 2,400 years ago. He is richest who is content with least, for contentment is the wealth of nature. But the wealth of civilization is material. After reading every word of the Old Testament, journalist David Plotz was struck by its mercantile tone. The overarching theme of the Bible, he wrote, particularly of Genesis, is real estate. God is constantly making land deals and then remaking them in different terms. It's not just land that the Bible is obsessed with, but also portable property, gold, silver, livestock. Malthus and Darwin were both struck by the characteristic egalitarianism of foragers. The former writing, among most of the American tribes, so great a degree of equality prevailed that all the members of each community would be nearly equal sharers in a general hardship of savage life and in the pressure of occasional famines. Unquote. For his part, Darwin recognized the inherent confliction between the capital based civilization he knew and what he saw in the natives'. Self-Defeating Generosity, writing, quote, Nomadic habits, whether over, whether over wide plains or through the dense forests of the tropics or along or along the shores of the sea, have in every case been highly detrimental. The perfect equality of all the inhabitants, he wrote, quote, will for many years prevent their civilization, unquote.